And I'm on a series on declaring. We're, we're starting this, this year declaring some things. And one of the things I want to declare today, that we are going to de- we're declaring more, po- the more, more power of God in our lives. That the operation of the power. Now, God's given us everything we need. But we have not actively been involved in what God has in our lives. We have not actively accessed, really, a lot of times, the power of God. And I want to see the power of God. It's so important. One thing that sets the church apart, not, not Cornerstone, but the church as a whole, from anybody else in this world, from any other thing in this world, is not because we um, are great at what we do. It's not because uh, of anything else but the power of God. The power of God sets us different from anything else because our God is alive. Our God is alive. It's different from any other religion. We're not a religion. We're, uh, it's, it's who He is. It's God. He's the only one. There aren't any other gods. And all other religions are based off of really false God, including humanism, which is making ourselves a God, right? And, uh, and what sets us apart is really the power of God. The power is the ability of God to be His representatives, to be like Him on this earth. You know, and that's my heart, is I want us to see us operating, um, not just corporately, but also individually. In fact, it won't happen corporately unless it's happening individually. Is I want us to be so consumed by the Holy Spirit. And so I'm declaring in my life, I'm declaring in our life as a body, our life as a church, that we are going to be consumed with the Holy Spirit of God. That the power of God, His ability, His understanding, His, His, everything that He is, is all in us and through us. Because you can have, you know, the, under, the 21 points of how to be a great father or a great mother or a great leader or, or whatever. You can understand all that. You can memorize those 21 points. But unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life, you will have nothing. I mean, you can memorize Scripture. And without you activating the Holy Spirit in your life and allowing Him to move in your life and, and putting faith to that Scripture and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring that Scripture to life, it's not, it's not going to mean anything. Look at, look at the Pharisees. You think they knew Scripture? Yeah, they knew it backwards and forwards. They knew it all better than anybody, but were they powerful? No. They were religious and condemning and hurtful. But then Jesus came along. He was a new man, right? He was somebody who was different than anybody else. And he became the model of how we should be. Did he know Scripture? Yes. But was it empowered by the Holy Spirit? Definitely. And he knew he was a man that walked in the power of God. And that's my, that's my declaration. I want to I be that person that even more this year than ever before, that I'm going to walk in the power of God. I'm going to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is by the power of God that we can do things. It's the power of God that we can love people. You can't love people without the, the Holy Spirit inside of you. And without you activating and allowing Him to move. You can't defeat sin in your life. I don't care how you try to defeat sin. It isn't going to happen unless you engage the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You can't be a leader to the ones who are hurting. Now, I love what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is something that's been on my radar for a number, a number of years. And so he says this, My message and my preaching 
weren't, were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith would not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Isn't that good? And see, and that's the thing that I'm worried about the church in America is that, that we've rested on man's wisdom. We rested on our ability to create a service that people like and it, and it gives us goosebumps, but there is no power. It's lacking power. It's lacking the ability of God. It's lacking transformation. Yes, I have a feel good service that I can go to and it makes me feel good and it'll last me till about, you know, midweek. And then I need to get my fix again. But there's no transformation. And I'm worried about our, our churches in America that, that we've only become places to get a fix and not get transformed. Amen. We need transformation. Not just on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about every single day. We're being transformed into His image, into His likeness. We're becoming like Him because we are developing a relationship with the Son, and that's where power comes in. I want power. I want to be different, right? I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to have the power of God, and I want to develop that relationship with the Holy Spirit. I like Paul. He's saying, listen, I don't want to be like the Pharisees. That's right. I want to be like Jesus. Someone's listening to our live stream right now. Um, you are live right now. Um, I want to be like Jesus. That's what Paul's saying. It's not because, and he was somebody who, was, who, who probably could have got up on a stage and created a sermon that everybody liked and had all the right words and had all the right sayings and had everything that he needed, could entertain the masses. You know, in the Roman um, uh, arena, that's what it was all about. That was about entertainment, right? That's why they built these huge coliseums. Why? To, to, to appease the people, to make sure that, that they felt good. And if the people felt good, it was okay with the emperor. And Paul says it's not about that. It's not about... The enticing words of man's wisdom. Because the enticing words of man's wisdom brings glory to man and not glory to God. It is by the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So man's faith would not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Man, that's what I want. You know, when I started ministry, I've been in, in, in ministry since uh, 1990. So, ever how many years that is? 28 years. And... Um, I remember when I first started out, you know, I knew that, especially as someone who didn't have any kind of um, experience, I knew I was going to, the church I was going to go to was a church that was just starting. And, uh, and probably couldn't pay me much, but I'm a willing vessel and I needed some experience. I needed to start somewhere. But I knew I wouldn't have a lot of youth. And I knew if I was going to be a youth pastor and I was, I, and I, the only way I was going to have youth was, you know, what maybe the 10 or so that I had in the, in the church but if I was going to do anything, if I was going to grow and reach people, I couldn't just wait for the church to grow. I had to uh, reach out into the community. And so I'm thinking, this is, this is man's wisdom here. I'm thinking that I'm going to need to have a cool youth room. And I'm going to have to dress cool. And I'm going to have to um, 
uh, do all the cool things so they're going to like me and that I'm going to have to be able to draw them in. It's called meeting felt needs. What's a felt need to young people? It's entertainment, right? Which is a lot of us. I mean, we have a lot of that felt needs. We like entertainment. There's nothing wrong with liking entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that. And so here I am, as long as that's not the main thing, right? And so here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with some, some friends of mine, some youth leaders, and, and I'm thinking, man, I need to do this in my youth room, I'm do this in my youth room. And this one guy keeps on asking me questions, and he says, so why do you want to do that? So I, I need to reach him. He says, you think that if you have a cool youth room and you have video games, that that's going to reach them. And I said, yeah, man, it's going to bring them in. They're going to be able to hear the message, and I'm going to be able to, to reach them. And he says, well, let me, let me just say, mention this to you. It's a statement that I've always remembered. He says this, whatever you get them in with is what you're going to have to keep them with. And I went home thinking that he was a jerk. <laughs> Crushing on my vision, you know? Just going to be honest with you. But I, I, I remember that, that word, every time I started to do painting and remodel the youth room and do all that kind of stuff, that whatever I'm going to bring them in with, I'm going to have to keep them with. And so from that day forward, in all of our ministry, I says, if anything's going to draw people, it's going to be the power of God. Because it's going to be a never-ending struggle for me to keep up with this world. It's going to have to be the power of God. It's going to have to be transformation. And it can't be by my personality. So every church I've been to, I've been to smaller churches, and, and my, but my youth groups have always been huge. And it's not because we, we had the greatest things. It was because the power of God was moving. Because people were worshiping and passionate about, about worship and about the Word and about reaching people. And that's what was was really cool about that. It wasn't because we had the coolest things. Now, it doesn't mean that that those are, things are wrong. Do we need to be creative? Yes. You know, I mean, we can't you go on the other other bit, uh, uh, ditch and say, oh, we don't need to work. No, we need to work hard and we need to pray and we need to be creative and we need to do some of these things and we need to do stage designs and we need to do cool things and we need to do fun things because I like fun things. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is the power of God. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be filled with the power of God. And I want people to be drawn to that. And that's what people are actually drawn to. They are drawn to something different. They, they want real things happening in their lives. They're tired of the 12 points that doesn't work. Because they're not connected to the power of God. Now, I'm not coming against any church because I know churches have this heart. I meet with pastors all over this area, and that's their heart, that's their passion. And we do need the 12 points, but we need to connect them to the power of God. Listen, if you don't have a relationship with the Son, you will not have a relationship with the Spirit. And it won't work. Jesus was so strong about this. He tells his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And he's, he, he begins to tell them, hey, listen, I have to go so he can come. So he can dwell in you. So you and I can be little Jesus all over this place, you know? He tells his disciples, man, I, I have to leave so he can come because the advocate, the helper, the encourager, the empowerer, the, the one that's going to come, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna help you do what I've called you to do. He's not going to only be with you. He's going to be in you. And he's going to empower you to do great things. He's going to empower you to be like me. 
He's going to teach you the scriptures. He's going to remind you everything that I've taught. That's what he's telling his disciples. And he's a gift. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. I'm giving it to you because I love you. And I love the people that don't know me. And so Jesus gives it. And he tells his disciples, go and wait in Jerusalem. Don't do anything because you can't. Go and wait until you are endued. You are, as Luke Uh, 24 says, you are endued, you are clothed with power from on high. Now I want to be that. Clothed with power. Always, continually. And I want to receive it. And see, the thing about it is, most believers, like I said a few weeks ago, don't really realize what they have. That you and I have the power of God. You don't need to ask for more power. It's already in you. You are empowered inside of you. You just have to recognize and start allowing that power to come up. To start stepping out in faith. And start, start allowing the Holy Spirit to be who He's supposed to be in your life. You hear Him all the time. You know, when you're sinning, you hear that word. Don't do it. Right? How many how many's ever sinned before? Just raise your hand. Everybody in here, please. And how many has heard the word inside? Don't do it. Something like that. You've all heard. That's the Holy Spirit. That's definitely not your flesh. Your flesh says, come on, come on, come on, go, 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 go. But your, the Spirit is leading you. He's guiding you. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. If we're going to be different, if we're going to be a light, we need to be filled. Like, like Ephesians, like Paul says in Ephesians, he says, be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. It's something that's an ongoing just God, I, I, I thank you, Lord. And stirring that gift of God that's inside of you up all the time. If you want transformation in our lives, and all you've been doing is reading the latest Christian help book, and nothing's changing, stop doing what you've been doing. And receive more of the Holy Spirit in your life. Allow Him to move in your life. So here's why we need it. Number one, there's some notes you can follow along with me. Number one, the Holy Spirit, the reasons we need to be active in the Holy Spirit and His supernatural power, because He gives us supernatural power. Jesus says in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power. That means dunamis. That means active power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, and this is the reason, it's not just for you to hold in. In fact, if you are holding in the power of God, you are not actively engaged in the power of God. It has to be released. It says, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And see, we should cry out, Holy Spirit, I, I, I want... To be empowered by you even more. I want to release that power inside of me. And I, I, I call it out. And I give you control. Because we need his supernatural power in our lives. Because we need to be transformed into his image and his likeness. That's what his supernatural power does. It starts with you to be transformed. So you can be a light. So you can go out and you can see transformation not only in your own life, in your family's life, in your marriage, in your, in your workplace, in your, in your friends. The power of the Holy Spirit is for us to become who God originally created us to become. 
And when someone is filled with the power of God and, and they're being transformed, this is what's going to happen in Galatians chapter 5. Look at this. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. I love what Paul says that. That we are called to be free. Free from sin. Free from shame. Free from depression. Amen? Free from jealousy. He says, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you bite and devour each other, watch out. Or you will be destroyed by each other. Talking about gossip if you didn't know that. Okay? Look at verse 16. So I say to you. So here Paul says, walk by the Spirit. So he's saying, be engaged in the Spirit of God. And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. So what was happening in the Ephesian church is that basically they were too not active in the Spirit of God. They had the Spirit of God, but they were not being led by the Spirit of God. So he's saying, be led by the Spirit of God. And you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. You have that warring inside of you, don't you? You know what you're about to say with your mouth isn't what the Spirit of God would say, right? You know it's in there. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. So he, he lists the acts of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissension, uh, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now here's what the power of God transforms us to do. So he's saying, you, you guys... You don't need to be acting like this. He's saying there's a transformation that has to happen and you have it in you. He says, so be led, walk in the Spirit of God. Look at verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit. This is transformation and we skip this because this is what we like to do. We like to go to the power of gifts, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, gifts of tongue, gifts of healing, miracles. We love to go to those type of things. But listen, listen. You, because you prophesy or because someone gets healed because you pray for them doesn't mean you are filled with the Spirit of God and you're being led by the Spirit of God. God loves people and He'll use a jackass, right? That's King James Version, by the way. That doesn't mean someone's filled with the Spirit of God. God can use anybody to reach you and to heal you, and He will. I've seen it. But the real understanding, the real sight of someone who's transformed is because of the fruit of the Spirit. The real um, evidence that someone is operating in the Spirit of God is not because they prophesy. It's because... They love. They have joy. 
they have peace. Remember what peace is? Nothing missing, nothing broken. It doesn't mean everything's going right on the outside, but it doesn't matter. You're in the storm. You're going to take a nap because you trust the Lord, right? Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions, desires, since. What are you saying? Because they live by the Spirit. That's the only way you can do it, by the power of God. By the Holy Spirit's inside of you. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. See, the power of the Holy Spirit enables us to have supernatural wisdom. He teaches us all things. Love, peace, joy, gentleness, faithfulness. So these are this is the evidence of transformation in our lives. Not because you prophesy. Those are important. I'm going to get to that. But the supernatural power is for us first to be changed so we can express who God is on this earth. Because God is love. God has joy. God has peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? That's who God is, right? And that's who we should be. That's what transforms us. When we start engaging and understanding the Holy Spirit and allowing the Spirit of God and the power of God to work in our lives, that's why we need to declare it. That's why we need to go after it. That's why we need to pray it up. That's why we need to have people lay hands on us. That's why we need those things in our lives. Amen? And that's the real sign of transformation, the fruit of Spirit number two. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural gifts. And we need those. We need those. We're being transformed. And here he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, uh, that there are various gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are various operations, but in the same God who operates in all them to, in all people. But the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is given to everyone for the what? The common good. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge. To the same Spirit. To another faith. By the same Spirit. To another gifts of healings. By the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. Another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another very kinds of tongues. The interpretation of tongues. But that that one and the very same Spirit works all these. Dividing to each one individually as he will. So not only am I going to be transformed and I'm going to love like God, I'm going to have joy like God, I'm going to have peace like God, I'm going to have self-control like God, I'm going to have all these things like God, but I'm also going to have power gifts to encourage, to show off who God is. Amen? And, and God and the Holy Spirit were given to, given to me. They're not mine. I don't own these gifts. They're given as needed. The Holy Spirit sees fit. Amen? These are given for us to be a light. And to what? To give glory to God. Not glory to self. But glory to God. And we need us operating. We need us to love. We need to be that. And then Jesus said that. Man, the fruit of the Spirit. And He talked more about that in the Sermon on the Mount than anything. That's how people are going to know that we are of Him. Because of how we love one another. How you can have joy in troubled times, right? How you can have peace when, when a storm is going on and people, you know what people need to start saying about you? Hey, what's going on in your life? Hey, why are you so different? Why can you be happy when everyone else is sad? 
That's what people need to see. Amen? And it's not that you're fake. You said, no, man, I, you know, I'm concerned. There's some issues. I know that's going on. I'm not denying them. But I have a God who's greater than them. And I know my God. Amen? But then they also need to see you working in prophecy, working in words of wisdom and words of knowledge and miracles and healings and tongues and interpretation of tongues, administrations. We need that. We need that in our lives. I want that. And so I want us to declare that not only I'm going to be transformed, but I'm going to be used by the Holy Spirit to bring about the glory of God. Amen? Have you ever thought, woken up, just wake up in the morning, say, God, transform me. But also use me. Amen? And allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Number three, the Holy Spirit helps us build our faith. Jude 20. Says this, but you, beloved, build yourself a most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, 15 says, So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I also sing with my understanding. You know, Kelly had talked about this a little bit, about praying in the Spirit of God. And that, that really means that mean that you can pray in your, your own English language or whatever language you speak in. Some of you speak American. You can pray in tongues. Whatever you have, pray. And this is what I do. And this is what happens, and I don't know how, but this happens to me. You know, I, I've told you that, I mean, there's times I can get depressed. I can just get focused. And listen, it's not God's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's my fault because of my focus is wrong. So I will allow things to come into my life where I'll just get depressed. Now, it's no condemnation. I just need to realize that. That there's no reason for depression because of God. And I have to fight it. And it's a fight. And, I, and listen, trust me. I know what depression feels like, and it's not fun. I know what anxiety feels like, fear. It's not fun. And so this is what I have to do. I have to get out of my thinking. Right? I have to get out of where I am. If I continue, to, my flesh wants to continue in this way, I have to get out of that. But I understand. I know where help is. And help is when I shut up in the sense of thinking in my mind, worrying, and everything else. And I turn on worship music and I get focused on God. And I get out my Bible and I start praying His Word. And then I'll start praying in, in, my, in, in my prayer language. And if you don't have your prayer language, it's okay. Ask God for it. And if, you, if, and if somehow you're having a hard time receiving it, just pray in, 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 in your own language. It doesn't matter. God's going to meet you. Because Paul says you can pray in the Spirit either by tongues or you can pray in the Spirit by your own language, by your known language. It doesn't matter. Just pray. And so I'll get up and I'll start praying His Word. If I don't know what to pray, I'm going to pray in the Spirit and, and I'm going to pray His Word. And I'll start praying His Word. And I don't know what happens in me, but nothing changes around me. But I'm happier. I have, I'm encouraged by that. And listen, you've got to start out and you've got to continue and you've got to speak it out and you've got to speak those things out and you've got to deny those things. What Paul says, whatever thought comes to mind, cast it down when it's against the knowledge of God. When it's coming against, when it's contrary to who God is and His Word. And so I've got to get up and, I, and I'm, I'm a walker when I pray. I, I love to walk. And I, you know, 
I'll walk around and I'll start praying. I'll start speaking the word of the Lord over me. And I'll start speaking his word. And I'll find scripture. And I'll say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Because you know what the Holy Spirit wants to do more in your life? Is to encourage you. He is a helper. He is an encourager. He doesn't want to leave you in a state of depression. He wants you to rise up. He loves you. He understands what's going on. Jesus understands everything. And he's part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit understands what you're going through. And he doesn't like it just as much as you don't like it. But he has a way out. He has power that he's been given to you. And he's crying out from the inside of you. Listen to me. Follow me. And I'll lead you out of this miry pit. And I'll bring you into a place that's flowing with milk and honey. I'll, I'll lead you by the still waters. I'll give you peace. And so I'll start praying his word and the Holy Spirit will direct me to his word and I'll start praying out of his word and I'll start speaking his word. And man, I started getting encouraged by that. And I don't know where the encouragement's coming from, but from the inside of me. And I don't know why I'll go out of there and I'll be encouraged. My wife can still be mad at me and I'll still be happy. But I'll also have the understanding to go make things right. Amen? Because I'll know where I screwed up. Every man said amen. Amen. Right? Yeah? And I'll humble myself. That means that she hadn't screwed up too. So sometimes, you know, as just just a marriage tip, just you might need to get away from each other before you kill each other, right? And go pray. You just need to look, honey. I'm not in the right mental state right now, and I need to pray because Holy Spirit is not rising up in me. I'm rising up in me, and it ain't good. And I'm about ready to sin. Right? I'm about ready to be stupid. That's what it is. And you just pray. You start praying. And then it builds you up. Jude says, it builds yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. You know, that's that's a good word right there. Holy faith. That faith inside of you. That faith to move mountains. That faith. Holy faith. Have you realized the faith that God's placed inside of you is holy? You know what that means? It should be honored. Respected. When I doubt, and listen, we all have doubts, but I have to realize that's not honoring faith that's inside of me. And I've got to build myself up. And that's not condemnation. That's just truth. And I need to say, okay, God, I'm I'm doubting you. And it's okay to tell God you're doubting him. He's not offended by that doubt. In fact, it's better you tell him that and tell everything else. Oh, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm, it ain't going to happen. No, you just need to tell God, God, I'm doubting you. But your word says to pray. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to speak words of faith. And even though it may start out in the flesh, it's going to end up in the spirit. Because I'm not going to leave this place until I know that I can trust you. Until my flesh turns around. Because I'm not going to believe my flesh over your word. Most holy faith. And it's going to rise, that holy faith is going to rise up inside of you and you're going to be blessed. 
And you're, gonna, you're not going to worry about the things going on around you. And you're going to say, God, yes. And you, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to be able to listen to the Spirit of God. And He's going to operate in you. And He's going to take the things out that aren't of God. And he's going to place the things are, that are of God inside of you. And you're going to allow Him to do it. And then you're going to speak the words of faith. And you're going to start being moved by the Holy Spirit. Not only you're going to be changed in the fruit of the Spirit. But also you're going to be active in the supernatural Part of his gifts and they're going to line up and you're just going to build you up number four real quickly the holy spirit gives life and strength to our bodies romans 8 11, but if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead lives in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you everybody say amen to that amen amen even when you don't feel like getting up in the morning what can you do Just know that He'll give strength to your mortal bodies. Amen? That, man, I can have that resurrection life on the inside of you. We need to tap into that. We need to tap into that. That He can give strength to my mortal body. Where I can go. Because sometimes we don't feel like doing anything, right? But He can give you strength. Sometimes you don't feel like ministering. Sometimes you don't feel like being who God's called you to be. Sometimes you feel like just going in a hole and just, you know, watching TV and not engaging. And, and you, you need strength in your mortal body, the Spirit of God. That's why we need the power of God operating in our life. We need that. We need to learn to tap into that. That resurrection life inside of us. Number five, the Holy Spirit helps us resist temptation. Romans eight thirteen, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Pretty simple. doesn't mix words. But if through the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. And Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. See, listen, the reason sin is a problem is because sin destroys. It kills. Simple. Yeah, I'm a believer and God forgives me. I have grace. But it can kill. So the Holy Spirit, that's why we need more power. Because the enemy, every time you sin, and you do, right? The enemy has an open door to come in to bring shame and to stop you from moving. Stop you from moving to where God wants you to be. Now, you can't do that, and when you sin, you need to run to God, right? He's faithful to forgive us of our sin. And you need to run to Him. But a lot of times what happens is, because that shame is so hard, you feel like a hypocrite. You feel like, well, I can't do that. And see, that's the thing. We can resist temptation by the Spirit of God. And the more we learn that, And the more the power of the Holy Spirit is active in our life, the better we'll become at resisting temptation. And the more we're able to step into who God's called us to be and what God's called us to do. That's why we need the power of God. So we can enter into those things and say, yeah. So if you're struggling with temptation of any kind, you just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's your helper. Listen, sometimes, you know, you just need to cry out. When you're being tempted, cry out. Cry out to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. 
recognize that he's inside of you and that you can resist that temptation and you can get out of it. Amen? That's why we need to declare power this year. And so we can resist temptation. So our motor bodies will be being strengthened. So we can, we can build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Faith will rise up inside of us. So we can be um, used by the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit. But we can be transformed and look like God. I want that. I desire that. See, when you gave your life to the Lord, He didn't do it halfway. You know what? He gave you everything. We need to realize what He's given us and what we have. See, power is activated in those that have a relationship with the Son. It's not an intellectual knowing. It's intimacy. Given by the Holy Spirit. When you start to develop that, listen, great things can happen. So we declare power in our lives. Declare that in your life. Declare that in your family. Declare that and say, God, I want that. I want that more than anything in my life. I want to have that. I need that. So, bow your heads, close your eyes.